Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, there is so, so much to get into with the host of the show who is here right now. And I wonder where we'll start because (laughs) he hasn't spent enough time over the last several months discussing his favorite new quarterback. He is Mike Greenberg, who is here with us. It's Canty and Carlin in for him, but he's with us for the first few minutes. Do I have to get formal here? I'm going to get formal here for a second. Okay. Let's just, let's, let's, let's go with one place to start. Here we go. Only one place to start. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. Someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down. Thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep my coach's names out of his mouth. Let's just get right to it and get your takes. Number one, uh, your take on this whole mess and Rodgers responding the way he did to Sean Payton. I loved it. I loved absolutely everything about it. Sean Payton shouldn't have said what he said. It's... It is an obvious violation of whatever code these coaches in theory have with each other. And it's not relevant whether it was true or not. It probably was or closer to true than untrue. But it's the stuff you're not supposed to say. And I think Sean Payton knows that. And so the Jets finally have someone with the credibility to actually say that. If you go back over the course of the last, I don't know, 50 years, Find me a Jet quarterback who could have said, keep my coach's name out of your mouth, that you wouldn't have laughed at him. Richard Todd, no. (laughs) Todd, unfortunately, might be the best that we've had. Um, You know, I mean, in that very little brief moment in time, I suppose Boomer Esiason could have, but he wasn't there that long. Vinny Testaverde. But, I mean, in recent memory, the Jet quarterbacks have been Zach Wilson and and Chad Pennington and uh, Sam Darnold. And so it's just been a, a disaster. So I loved it. I loved the way he fired back. And I know that Nathaniel Hackett is going to say something today. But I, I think the Jets need to just ignore this. If there's one thing that I'm a little concerned about, it's that the Jets seem to me, from what I can tell, to be very concerned about all the things that are said about them and all the things that are being done around them. And none of those things make a damn bit of difference. The reality is the Jets have a, a tough schedule. They've got six tough games at the very beginning, and they need not to get buried. That's what they need to worry about. The Jets need to come out of those first six games at worst two and four, and I'm really hoping for three and three. If they do, then I think they have a chance to, to, to really get something done this year. But they could get buried, and they need to spend absolutely no energy worrying about what Sean Payton says or what the, the, the sports talk shows say or anybody else. Yeah, I mean, six of their first eight games are against playoff teams from a year ago. So to your point, it's a tough road to toe in the first half of the season. But, gee, I, you're leading me right to where I wanted to go because Aaron Rodgers has clearly been given carte blanche in that franchise, and I guess when a player gives back $35 million over the next two years, he's going to have a little more sway. But do you see a downside to ceding so much control to Aaron Rodgers in the Jets' current situation? No, I do not. Who Who is it he's taking the control from, and why are you more confident in that person knowing how to go about winning than you are in him? I, I understand that Aaron Rodgers does not have – the pedigree of winning that Tom Brady does, but he does have infinitely more credibility than anyone else they have. And frankly, than everyone else they have combined. So the idea I mean, show me the other person on that team, wherever they're sitting, whether it's in an office or whether it's in the locker room that, that has a better idea of how things should get done than Aaron Rodgers does. You don't get him. See, here's, here's the way I, I think everyone, the people who are, who are complaining about this, I think are looking at it backwards. 
Okay, so so Chris, Chris, Chris Carlin, you're a good example of this. You and I have been doing this a really long time. This job, mm-hmm. talk show hosts, a really long time. And I'd like to think that we don't, they don't pay us just to sit here and talk. Your job doesn't end, doesn't begin when the microphone gets turned on and end when the microphone gets turned off. Correct. It's the things that you do during breaks. It's the things that you spend all day long doing. It's the reason that I am on, on, on constant communication with the producers of Get Up all day long before we go in the next day. And when I come back here in the fall, we will be doing that all day long because one of the reasons that I'm here is not just because I can sit here and, and, and anchor a show, but because I think I have some idea what we should be doing. Why? Because I've been doing it for 30 years. The Jets hired a coach with no head coaching experience. They have a staff with almost no coaching experience. They have one of the youngest teams in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers isn't just there to throw a pretty ball. He's there to change the culture. He's there to change the mindset. He's, he's there to change everything because it needs changing. They've lost. They've had a losing record seven consecutive seasons. Mm. They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. So they're doing the right thing by putting as much as they possibly can in, in his lap. Grady with us to begin the show today. It is Canty and Carlin in for him. Are you concerned at all that Dalvin Cook has not signed as of yet? I don't think he's going to. Um, I'd love him to. Here's what I'm actually fascinated about. Um, Dalvin Cook is in a better situation than Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. You're better off if you're a running back getting cut than getting franchise tagged because Josh Jacobs has absolutely zero leverage and Saquon Barkley had absolutely zero leverage. They couldn't do what he can do, which is play a bunch of teams off each other. So I think he's handled this very well. If, If everything I'm seeing here is right, I think he's playing three division rivals against each other. He's got New England, he's got the Jets, and he's got Miami, and he has them all on the hook. And that is the way to maximize how much money he gets. So I think that he will wind up getting as much money as he can. Whoever is willing to go the highest is probably where he'll go, all other things being equal. I think he would like to wind up in Miami mm-hmm. because he's he's from that uh, – uh, he's from Miami, right? He's from Miami, he's from, yeah. Yeah. So – I think that's where he'd like to wind up. Um, And I can't blame him for wanting to go to whoever the highest bidder is. I'd love to see the Jets get him, and they have the money to do it. Um, But I think he's doing the smart thing. He's doing what I would advise him to do if I were his advisor, which is take your time. You're in no rush. Play these teams off each other and then wait. Because when, when these training camp practices keep... Look, we're already seeing guys getting injured, which is awful. The preseason will start. People will get hurt. It's awful. Maybe another team all of a sudden develops a need. So now you've got another team in the bidding. So I don't, I don't, I don't expect Dalvin Cook to sign anywhere particularly soon. Yeah, okay. So Dalvin Cook's looking for a contract. You mentioned Saquon Barkley. You talked about Josh Jacobs. Jonathan Taylor, another running back that's been in the news because he wants a new contract, presumably... But things are getting ugly in Indy. He sat down with the owner over the weekend. You would think that that would lead to a path for resolution. Instead, it leads to both sides being even more dug in. How does this situation get resolved with Jonathan Taylor with the Colts? He he has – he's another – look, he has no leverage. Mm. The the organization doesn't have to do anything with him at all. Now, I was really galled by what Jim Irsay said. I I, I mean, I was uh, – that was – I, I, offended is too strong a word, but it, it was off-putting to say the very least. You don't matter. Yeah, be, that's basically be, it. not, it's not even just that. 
That part of it, that's saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Right? That's what you're not supposed to say. That's like the, that, 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 to me, I would equate to Sean Payton. Here's the part of it I don't like. I, if, if I hear one more person say it is a privilege to be in the National Football League, I'm going to smash my head against a wall. Yeah. Maybe if your father gives you a team, <laughs> it's a privilege. privilege. Jonathan Taylor has busted his behind his entire life to be in the National Football League, and his stay is going to be brief. And he is doing the right thing by trying to maximize every penny from it he can possibly make because no one, he didn't inherit any of it. And so it's not a privilege, it's a profession to play in the National Football League. Is there an element of, of, it, of it being a wonderful thing? Yes, it's a pleasure. Look, Chris, you, Cece, you played in it, not yeah. me. It's a pleasure to play in the National Football League, I assume. You could attach the word privilege to it if you want to, but not in the context that he was. The sure. idea that he should just be happy to be getting what he's getting, that, I, I, I thought that was a really good example of a person uh, – Saying something that he well, he just should absolutely not say. Privilege is a tough word to hear from half somebody own, that's half, privileged. Yes, from half the owners who probably inherited. The team. Well, that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if I, I do not begrudge anyone all the money that they have, inheriting a bunch of money, inheriting a football team, that doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you a, a, a not smart. But it doesn't. It, my point is, it doesn't mean anything. You didn't. I, I have great respect whether I agree with them or disagree with them on multiple occasions for Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, uh, you know, and on and on the list goes. Yeah. People who have made themselves billionaires. Yes. You don't do that by accident. That, that's, that, that requires a certain level of genius. And so I'm interested in their business acumen. I'm interested mm-hmm. in hearing how they go about running things. If you inherit a football team, I'm a little less interested in hearing you tell me what a privilege it is for everyone to be a part of it. Were you a little bit annoyed? That Aaron Rodgers did not call Browning Nagel and ask permission to wear his number. <laughs> he did with Joe Namath. I think it's only fair as to hit to the other quarterback of note in Jerry Browning Nagel, I mean, look, Rodgers is, listen, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. No one knows how it's going to turn out. Um, and I, if, if there's one thing that I would say concerns Does the hype scare you? Does but it scare you? It only scares me to the extent, Chris Canty, answer this question for me. D. Wood said something along these lines in a commercial break to me today. With all the attention that the Jets are getting, and look, we're certainly doing it on, on the TV show and everything else, and hard knocks, he said teams are going to go into the week playing them like they're playing against the Super Bowl champs. No like doubt. They're going to get everybody's best shot. And, you know, Rex Ryan would say, good. You know, we are, that's exactly what we want. We are, we, we're, we're not, we're coming after you. You're coming after us. We're coming after you. I hope that they adopt that personality and, and sort of do that. Cause I do think they need to be ready for that. I think teams, you, you tell me, but I think that's the way teams are going to approach. No, there's no question about it. Teams are going to circle the New York Jets this year, including the Denver Broncos who've got them in week five in their house. But, but the thing that I would counter that point with is that they have the personnel, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to take on that type of identity. Because think about when the Jets were going to conference championship games. They were a team that was led by their defense. They were led by physicality, both sides of the ball. The Jets have those pieces in place, which is why I think they have the potential to live up to the hype. Yeah, me too. Um, But if you're asking me if there's any part of it that worries me, that's the part that worries me. They're not going to be bad. I mean, they have one major question mark, and that is the offensive line. And that has to come together somehow, some way. The biggest question that I have for the Jets, the offensive line, I I guess, is somewhat. But the biggest question I have for them is the learning curve that comes along with winning a championship. Because you just don't go from having the longest playoff drought in North American team sports 
to holding up the Lombardi. It's hard to figure out how to win when it matters the most. Right. And having Aaron Rodgers there and him being there the entirety of the offseason is what makes me feel a little bit better about their potential to be able to adjust to that. Me too. And you've taken it to the nth degree. So, okay, fine. Yes, that I agree with. But, but look, the Super Bowl, only one team is going to win the Super Bowl. Would I give anything to see it be the Jets? Of course. But the reality is if, if the Jets, you know, if they win 11 games and, and look really strong and they win a playoff game and all that kind of stuff, and then you go into next year with another season with Rodgers and all these young guys have had that experience, they go into next year, I think, potentially as the team to beat. So mm. um, that doesn't feel to me like a failure. I, I, I don't think, for, for all the talk we've done, I do not think it is Super Bowl or abject failure for the Jets in one season. I think it is, it is Super Bowl or failure in the Rodgers tenure, however long that lasts. And I'm hoping... I think reasonably now we can expect it to be two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be longer. If it's only one year, then no matter what, it will it will have been a disappointment unless they win the whole thing. And before we let you go, your level of disgust from what we heard from uh, Falcons receiver Matt Collins when he said the other day, does not wear shoes and will not use utensils on food in any way, will not eat soup because soup is not out in the wild and tigers are not eating soup. I didn't hear that part. I heard yes. the utensils part. Yes. I didn't hear, so he won't eat soup because tigers don't eat it? I, I, how does he know that, you know, a lion is not out there eating a fine consomme? Well, how does he not know that? If you brought a lion a matzo ball soup, I'm telling you right now, the lion, <laughs> <laughs> the lion would love it. And I eat absolutely everything with utensils, and I, I was personally offended by the idea that there was anything wrong with that. Great seeing you, man. I love you, boys. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Yep. All it's right. Greeny on ESPN Radio hanging out with us. Can't and Carlin in for him today. We get rolling with D. Wood in just a few minutes, including asking the next position to decrease in value in the eyes of NFL franchises. We've got the answers in moments on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? 
You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. If he gets asked a question, he's going to answer it bluntly. And I think that's what he was doing while also sending a message to everybody within his organization. For a guy like Sean Payton, it was a small move by him. The words going back and forth between Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Nathaniel Hackett set to speak Later on today, for the first time since those comments as well, D. Wood, Damian Woody joins us, ESPN NFL analyst, and of course, the two-time Super Bowl champion. D. Wood, we appreciate it, man, and you were at Jets camp the other day. We know what the hype from the outside has been for this team. What was your read around the energy feeling around that building, too? Oh, man, it was a lot of energy, a lot of buzz. Obviously, when I was there, Dalvin Cook was was uh, taking his free agent visit. So, uh, you know, the fans were, very, you know, the, it was like a recruiting visit. Uh, the fans were very much into it. You saw a lot of the players uh, embracing Dalvin Cook and talking to him. And, and this, there's just a lot of juice in Florham Park. Um, as you guys know, I've been, you know, affiliated with the Jets organization for quite some time going back to, my playing days there. I don't know if there's been this much juice around the organization, uh, you know, in quite some time. It's 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 thick out there. You were on the last two teams to win playoff games for the Jets, 2010. Guys went to the conference championship games. You guys were also on Hard Knocks in 2010. How does the overall vibe and the sense of urgency that the Jets have now compare to what you guys had in that locker room back then? Yeah, so, like, you know, the difference is, like, when we did Hard Knocks in, in 2010, we were coming off an AFC championship game. Uh, so we knew we were, you know, we, we, we knew we were a good team. We just we felt like we just needed to take the next step. And obviously this go around, you know, with the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, you know, time isn't necessarily on the Jets' side. So you're trying to maximize this time that you have with a four-time MVP and Aaron Rodgers. So, listen, I, I think that, you know, the energy that Aaron Rodgers has brought to not only the team, but the whole organization is crazy. And, and um, man, it, just watching practice, um, practice is fast. Uh, guys are moving around well. I got questions about the offensive line. They got to get that sorted out. But, man, they got, they got a lot of really good young uh, players littered all across that roster. Damian Woody with us, ESPN NFL analyst. All right, D. Wood, um, we had the comments from Sean Payton about Nathaniel Hackett's coaching job. We had Rodgers firing back at him. Give me what your perspective as a player would be in that locker room. First of all, hearing those comments about Hackett being the worst coaching job in the history of the league and then the quarterback responding, how would you take both sides of those comments? Um, well, it's just, you know, it was really surprising, you know, seeing Sean Payton make those type of comments. You know, Sean Payton comes from that, 
you know, comes from that Parcells tree. And, and I think Chris, Chris Cannon can speak on this as well. One thing, you know, um, you know, coach talks about, and I played under coach Belichick is we always talk about every year. Each team is different from year to year. Mm-hmm. You can never dwell on the year prior because the team that you're currently on is totally different from the team prior. And so it's just, you know, I found a hair scratching that not only was Sean Payton make a comment about, you know, another one of his NFL coaching brethren, but why is he reflecting on, you know, last year when it's a totally different regime, totally different coaching staff, totally different culture that was there with Nathaniel Hackett. So it was just kind of, you know, like I said, um, it just didn't make it much sense to me. And if this had anything to do with Russell Wilson and trying to, you know, you know, help his psyche, I think it speaks more to Russell Wilson than anything. But uh, on the flip side with the Jets, I think you, like the, I know for a fact that the whole organization loved it, loved it. And Aaron Rodgers has been doing everything the right way from being in the offseason program to obviously, you know, the things he's doing in training camp, the, the pay cut, and then to see a move like that taken up for his coach that he, you know, that he was with in Green Bay, that's what you want to see. That's the type of stuff you want to see as a teammate, and I think it only endears him even more to all those guys, not only on the field but in the organization as well. Talking to two-time Super Bowl champ Damian Woody on Greeny and Wood, the beef with the Jets ain't the only problem that the Denver Broncos are having right now. Yesterday they got the bad news. Tim Patrick is going to be out for the season with a torn Achilles. K.J. Hamler, another wide receiver, is going to be out because of a heart issue for an extended period of time. So just looking at – What's happened with the Broncos roster in the early goings of training camp? I just, from your perspective, what's at stake for the head coach and the quarterback out there in Denver in 2023? Well, I mean, listen, you're Sean Payton. You make the, you know, you come out with that article in the USA Today. Guess what? Now all eyes on on you. You know, that like people going to be looking at what what kind of impact is Sean Payton going to make um, with the Denver Broncos? You know, in particular with Russell Wilson. You know, that's been that's been his specialty as a offensive minded head coach. So, you know, now that, you know, uh Patrick is out with the with the Achilles, man, that's a huge blow. I think the Denver Broncos was, was looking obviously he was out year prior with the ACL tear. They were hoping that he comes back and, and ready to go. So that's just another weapon that I think the Denver Broncos are really counting on that's not going to be available in twenty twenty three. This wide receiver core is, is getting real thin. I mean, outside of Cortland, Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy, there you know, there's not much there. So, you know, this this thing is uh, Bears watching for the Denver Broncos. Gee, would Zach Moss is backing up Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis? He broke his arm yesterday. He's out for six weeks. Taylor and Ursay going back and forth here. How is this situation going to resolve itself? Man, it seems like there's some bad juju going on out there in Indianapolis right now with what's going on at the running back position. But, you know, listen, man, I, I just, you know, I, 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 you know, I feel for Jonathan Taylor, but at the same time, it's just he doesn't have any leverage. That's the thing. He has no leverage. We've talked ad nauseum about, you know, the depressed running back market and Jonathan Taylor wants to get trade, wants to get traded. But, you know, you're coming off an off year. And, like, who's going to give up assets – and pay you the type of contract that you want to be paid at the running back spot. It's just not going to happen. So I know there's a lot of uh, bad blood, but I think, you know, 
Hopefully, cooler heads are going to have to prevail, and Jonathan Taylor is just going to have to go out there and play this year. D. Wood, just curious from from your perspective and your experience around the league and where the overall game is going today. As quarterback contracts and their growth continue to outpace other position groups, we've seen the running back spot get squeezed. Do you think that there's the potential for another position to experience what the running back market is currently going through? You know, it's um, you know, I would say linebacker, like off the ball linebacker. You know, when, when you talk about in the passing league and you know, Chris, you know this man. Like over sixty to sixty percent of the time, you know, you know teams are in sub, sub nickel defense, yep. meaning meaning they take they take one linebacker off the field. And so, if a linebacker, if you can't cover in the National Football League, then you have no chance. You're going to be a dime breed in the National Football League. So, like that's the position I'm looking at that could possibly be headed down that road. Uh oh. It's time for the Canty and Carlin Lightning Round. Okay, welcome to the super awesome bonus lightning round. All right, D. Wood, we got three quick questions for you. It's a lightning round. You have been randomly selected among our guests this week. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Would you rather be stranded in the desert or in the ocean? Man in the desert. Really? With the effect the, of that heat on the, the big man, I'll speak for myself. Give me the water. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take. Yeah, give me the desert. I'll take it. I'll find a way. <laughs> Question two: A poll yesterday indicated most Americans believe a perfect sandwich to be consisted of black forest ham, cheddar cheese, and tomato. D Wood, what is a perfect sandwich? A lot of meat. You can keep all the keep all the vegetables. I need. I need a little lettuce. I need ham. I need turkey. I need some type of like Swiss American cheese, something like that, and like some honey mustard on that baby. Let's go. <laughs> you were okay until you said ham. I'm passing on ham. No, can't go in. Oh, come on. And lastly, D Wood, who wins in a fight between a bear and a shark? Oh, man. Neutral site in space. A shark. Thank you. Oh, neutral site. Yeah, shark. Yeah, yes. I vote shark. You are correct. Once again. Well, good. Well done. Yeah. Well done, D. Wood. Canty is just sitting here shaking his head. I, I don't understand that. I mean, the bear can can bite you. He can claw you. I, I mean, he, he's got four extremities that he can use. The bear's bite is going to be like a little nick to a shark. Meanwhile, a shark bite's taking out half of the body. Okay. All right. <laughs> he's not having I'm it. Not D. Wood. It. I'm not buying it. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. <laughs> As All always, right, man. Take it easy. Great stuff. That's Damian Woody. I want to go back to something that D. Wood said and Greeny also said mm-hmm. about Jonathan Taylor for a moment. Yeah. Both said he has absolutely no leverage. I don't believe that to be true. I completely disagree with both of them. Yeah. I think if Jonathan Taylor ever has any leverage, it's right now. And I hate to put it this way, but Zach Moss's injury did nothing but help his leverage. Yesterday, you have now on the Colts depth chart, Deion Jackson and a rookie in Evan Hall. Deion Jackson has 81 career carries for 3.3 per carry. Canty, you have a rookie quarterback. You need Jonathan Taylor in the absolute worst way. I don't know if he's going to get a contract out of this, 
but he's got to get something out of this. I don't know how this would work, but the fact that he's got three years in and he's nowhere else, like this is the only time he's ever going to have leverage. Well, the reason why he has leverage is because he has presumably multiple years in his prime left, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Like the Saquon Barkley of it all, Dalvin Cook, I mean, even Josh Jacobs to some degree, they're in a different category because those guys are going into year six or later. Jonathan Taylor is going into his fourth season. What did we say a running back's prime is? The first five years of their career. So if you're the Colts, especially breaking in a rookie quarterback, what do you need to support that guy? A good defense and a strong run game. Well, how the hell are you going to have a strong run game when Jonathan Taylor isn't practicing and your second running back, Zach Moss, is going to be out for several weeks with a broken arm? Yeah. How is that going to happen? My point is this. It's not hard for Jonathan Taylor to execute a hold-in situation because we know he had off-season ankle surgery. So Jonathan Taylor and his representation can get together and say, you know what, I'm not right, I'm still not healthy from this off-season ankle surgery, and so I'm going to continue to be on the physically unable to perform list. Now, he still gets paid his money, he's just not on the field practicing or playing for the team. And if he starts the season, the regular season, on the PUP list, he has to miss the first four games of the year. That's it. That's non-negotiable. That's per the CBA. And still so, getting paid. So is that a situation, is that a road you want to go down if you're Jim Ursay, knowing that you have a rookie head coach in Shane Steichen that might not have all the bullets in his gun to start the season? Probably not the best idea. So I think Jonathan Taylor does have some degree of leverage in this negotiation, which is why the Colts have tried to push back on the PUP list designation and saying that they might move Jonathan Taylor to the NFI list. I tell you what, this could blow up in a big, big way between these two sides if the Colts do that. That is really asking for this to just come to a head and get ugly. Well, yeah, now now you're going to have to get the union and the league involved. Yeah. It, it, there's going to have to be an investigation. It's and, Kent, and that, that's not what they want. It's Kenty and Carlin in for Graney, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Could an era be coming to an end in the NBA? That's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. We got to give a shout out to Doris Berg. DB being bumped up to the A-team with Mike Breen and Doc Rivers, who is new to the company. He's Mm -hmm. not the Sixers head coach anymore. But DB, because she would be in line to call an NBA Finals, this would mean that she would be the first woman to call a major U.S. men's championship on TV. That's awesome. So congratulations to Doris Burke. Let me Continuing to be a trailblazer. And man. you cannot meet a nicer, better person. Yeah, she's you awesome. You really cannot. She's awesome. And she has worked her way up. I, I probably met her for the first time 12, 13 years ago at the Big East Tournament. Yeah. And she's amazing. I mean, you know Doris Burke is a big deal when Drake is going to NBA games and yep. wearing Doris Burke t-shirts. <laughs> like, that's how you, you know she's a big deal. 
Yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. It's Canty she does Car- a phenomenal job calling games. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Speaking of the NBA, you had the memo over the weekend that the NBA sent out regarding Damian Lillard's rather public trade request, which, by the way, is illegal. It is a rule that is not being enforced. So in the wake of it, uh, his agent, Aaron Goodwin, and supposedly telling teams that if you trade for my guy, he's not going to be happy and he's not going to come here. The league put this memo out and they say that Goodwin, they did investigate it. Goodwin denied saying that Lillard would refuse to play for them and that relevant teams uh, did provide descriptions of their communication with Goodwin and mostly, though not entirely, were consistent with Goodwin's statements to us. So in other words, how I take that to mean is Goodwin at that point is saying, you could trade for him, but I can't predict how he's going to be when he gets here. Yeah, there's a wink and a nod between Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lillard's agents, and those other teams that Lillard isn't interested in playing for that want to trade for him. He's not, it's not going to happen. Like, no. it, he, the agent let it be known without actually coming out and saying it. It wasn't overt. And I think that level of discretion is what's going to allow them to skirt by this without having any discipline. But let's be honest about what's going on here. This is about Joe Cronin not being able to extract the kind of value that he's looking for from the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Because if he was able to get the kind of trade package he was looking for – this would be a mute point. He'd already be there. This this wouldn't be an issue. Damian Lillard would already be in South Beach. But because Cronin is having a tough time being able to get Patrick, Pat Riley, to give him what he's looking for, he's complaining to the NBA about enforcing rules that they already have on the books. But to that, I would say this, big fella. What more does Damian Lillard have to do for you? This guy has been loyal to a fault. How many prime Damian Lillard seasons have been spent languishing in Portland because the front office hasn't been able to put a success, put it, put the pieces around him in order to have success at the highest levels of the sport? Again, I would. And, and I get, and I get it. Cronin hasn't been on the job that long, but this is a an organizational failure around Damian Lillard, and now Lillard has decided I've had enough. I want out. Uh, okay, that's fair. And for Dame to want out is completely fair too. They have, in the midst of it all, paid him a half a billion dollars. That's what the contracts have been that they have handed out to him. And I understand all of that. The, the point is, Portland can't get a player to go to Portland. And so when they have somebody and that guy wants out, they have to get as much as they can for him. But this... Yo, hold on. Let's put a pin in what you just said. Portland can't get players to come to Portland in free agency. Yeah. This is going to help the cause? By doing this with Damian Lillard, that's going to help the cause. They have to get as much as they can in return for him. And as you would say, take hostages and not volunteers. But all of that aside, it speaks to a much bigger issue that's going on right now. Perk was talking about this on the NBA Today yesterday. This is just the start of what's to come. Like, it it was to the point where it was a player's league. You know, players were kind of had somewhat control as far as, you know, dictating on where they wanted to play. That's coming to an end. And I think with the NBA and Adam Silver, you know, setting these rules and putting this in place right now, talking about actions will be taking place for us, you know, with the Damian Lillard situation, is more to come in the near future. And so now... 
uh, you know, owners and, and everybody around the league, they're, they're looking to clean up what's been a mess over the last five years yeah. for as players' empowerment. So is the league right now, along with the empowerment, also trying to crack down on the influx of movement in the league? No. No, I don't see this happening. And with all respect to Perk, players in the NBA don't have no trade clauses because they haven't needed them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Beal was the only player in the NBA that had a no-trade clause, and we see what happened with that this offseason. He wanted to go to Phoenix. Guess what? He went to Phoenix. The Wizards got next to nothing. NBA players, if they see owners and clubs taking this type of tact, this type of strategy, are going to demand no-trade clauses, and guess what? They'll get them. They'll get them. Because one player in the NBA can make that much of a difference in terms of your team being on the outside looking in the playoffs versus being a championship contender. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is go back to 2019, what happened with the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard on a rental won them a championship. That's how big a difference one player can make. And so that's what makes basketball unique and separate and apart from football, from baseball, from hockey. And so I, I don't see the dynamic changing in terms of players wielding the kind of power that we've seen in recent years in the NBA. There's no putting the genie back in the lamp. No. You, 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 you know, sorry doesn't fix the lamp. It's broken already. This is where we are. This is where the NBA is going to continue to be in terms of players being able to dictate movement. Now, as far as the Damian Lillard saga is concerned, I, I don't see a way in which Lillard doesn't go to Miami. That is going to happen. All right? The only question that we need to be left asking is, should Portland have decided to move Damian Lillard earlier in his career? Should they have decided to make this move, I don't know, two years ago Mm. before they gave him another contract extension, knowing where that franchise was at? Should they have decided to move him when they moved C.J. McCollum down to the New Orleans Pelicans? That should have been the conversation because presumably there would have been more destinations that Lillard would have been open to going to as opposed to staying put. Portland needed to realize where they were in their program development and understand they weren't close and get the most that they can for the asset that they had. Look, the fact that they didn't do that is absolutely on them, and there's a lot of pressure on Joe Cronin as well right now. Yes, he just got there, but you're going to be the guy that traded away Damian Lillard. And that, unfortunately, is going to be something that he's going to have to live with. I I don't see a way that he doesn't end up in Miami at this point either. I will tell you this. Mm. You know who's missing an opportunity here? James Harden. James Harden should be running a camp to show guys how to force their way out. Charge them a half a million. Come on in. We'll go out. We'll drink shakes. Wear the fat suits. The whole thing. I'll train you how to do this the right way. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.